Coming up on the WAC podcast, it's cold outside, but it's heating up in the Western Athletic Conference. We have breaking news that we will break on today's podcast. The Road to WAC Vegas also aired, and we had some fun games Thursday night that included an SC Top 10 play. That, all that more coming up on the WAC podcast. Dun, dun, dun. This WAG podcast is brought to you by our friends at University Credit Union, the official financial institution partner of the Western Athletic Conference. You, the sirens, pop the party poppers, breaking news, the WAC is going linear for a few games. And we'll explain a little bit more, Eric, as you, ED, as you have the uh, breaking news details for us. Yeah, so this is uh, exciting news for the WAC. We have five additional games that are going to be on RSNs, as they say in the biz, the regional sports networks. Now, um, this will give additional coverage to five games, and this is part of what we're working for in the WAC, as much exposure as we can get as we try to strengthen the league and, and get our brand out there to as many people as possible. So there are four men's games, one women's game coming up in the next month. And I have a, an idea that Kendra Sheehan is actually going to be involved in many of these broadcasts on the air. So we're excited about it. So uh, Space City Home Network uh, will have uh, some of the games in Texas, as well as uh, Cox Communications out in the uh, western part of the U.S. So excited to have this opportunity of course, uh, fans can continue to watch games on ESPN Plus as well. But, uh, yeah, an exciting time for the WAC is we also have uh, a game coming up next week that's going to be on ESPNU. Uh, we have uh, some more news that will be coming up officially, hopefully in the next week or two, regarding our tournament. So a lot to be excited about on the broadcast side of WAC Basketball. Absolutely. Another chance for our great conference to be in front of more eyes. Very excited to uh, hopefully be a part of those broadcasts. And we'll just have to, you'll just have to stay tuned to find out more is I guess all I have to say about that. We'll be next Saturday. That's Stephen F. Austin hosting California Baptist. Kendra will be on the sidelines for that one. So you can see her in action uh, doing uh, interviews with coaches and doing your sideline hits and uh, prepping as she does like a champ for these games. But uh, Stephen F. Austin, speaking of them, Thursday night had a big game against Seattle U, uh, was the sixth highest rated game according to KenPalm.com on the night. And there was like 40 games last night in the country. And they also had a sports center top 10 play reach number three on the countdown. That is just absolutely insane. But if you saw the play... You would know why Matt Heyman can absolutely fly. We had that, that uh, it reminded me of Ahmed Olienka, who we had that play that we said dunk on them. This was a really another big dunk on them. I mean, he gets up over a defender that's four or five inches taller than him Four probably. I'm not going to give him five. I don't know. Maybe it is. I'd have to check. Jumps, gets the ferocious dunk, and just, my goodness, SFA played lights out last night in order to come away with a big win, their second win in a row. Outstanding game by the Lumberjacks. As uh, as you mentioned, Matt Heyman had a big game, and they, it went to overtime. 89-84 to 84 was the final, 
And SFA is a lot of fun to watch, so you're going to have a lot of fun, I know, at that game next Saturday at the Sawmill, and that's also a great place to watch a basketball game. I know. I haven't been for a men's game at the Sawmill. I did cover a women's game there, and so I'm just looking forward to to being there. I believe that was a day game as well, and so looking forward. I think this uh, Stephen F. Austin Cupboard Baptist day game as well, but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Well, it is the uh, WAC podcast, and we do have to give you your Grand Canyon update. Best record in the nation. Did you see that stat? 17 and one. Best seven. They were the best record in the nation at 16 and one. So now 17 and one. They have won 14 games in a row. They knock off Utah Valley 78 to 65. Now, this is a team, of course, is a new GCU team from previous years. Utah Valley has always played GCU tough. Another team, UTRGV, always tends to play GCU really tough. We've seen Utah Valley win in Phoenix. Not this year, though. And GCU was in control throughout the game. And I think the thing, watching that uh, last night, Kendra, Javon Blackshirt Jr., we've talked about it how many times on the show. When is he kind of kind of have his breakout game after being injured? Well, he got to play quite a bit last night, 19 minutes Scored 13 points, had a fantastic assist to Gabe McLaughlin on, on a dunk. That's, uh, I, I don't think, good news for the rest of the league. It is tough when you factor in Javon Blackshire Jr. and what he can do. And it's still, I mean, he's still getting acclimated. I think his game is only going to get better. And look at just what they do on offense defensively they're becoming so good they held utah valley to just 25 points in the first half that's a season low and 28 percent shooting insane numbers their defense is outstanding they are so good on the break colin moore is a highlight film he had another one last night we mentioned gabe mclaughlin if he's open you know he can alley-oop it to him ray harrison uh, an, another good game, but very balanced uh, throughout. And we saw uh, Utah Valley make a comeback because GCU was up by 20 at the half. And then we're kind of cruising. And if you look at the second half numbers, actually GCU won the second half by seven points. So I'm sure Bryce Drew not too happy about that, but holding uh, the Wolverines uh, to 35% shooting uh, and winning their 14th game in a row. I mean, hats off to Grand Canyon. Just looking forward to, you know, watching them continue. And, and hey, is it time? Is it time to rank them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we keep thinking it's, I mean, they're 17 and one. They have the wins over San Diego State. Uh, they beat San Francisco. They're one losses to South Carolina. I mean, so it's not right. like they, to to a team that's not any good. So it's got to be coming, right? At, at some point. But uh, we'll we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed. Uh, another big game last night: Southern Utah playing Utah Tech. Always a big rivalry there, and the Thunderbirds getting their first win in WAC play on the season, winning seventy-five to sixty-five. Yeah, this night was a long night coming, I'm sure, for first-year head coach Rob Jeter, who's been pushing with these guys all season. They went 0-5 to start off whack play, which is always tough. But then, you know, for a rivalry game, you throw the records out the window. We we talked with Utah Tech head coach J.D. Gustin, who was playing uh, Southern Utah on the women's side. He said, it doesn't matter. Everything goes out the window. You got to come in and play. And Southern Utah was able to rise to the task and really credit to them for kind of continuing and getting their first whack win. A couple of 23-point uh, performances for the Thunderbirds by Dominique Ford 
and Profit Johnson. So perhaps, you know, maybe uh, this is a turning point for SUU as they looked really good last night, Kendra. And uh, just as a teaser, remember those RSN games we we're talking about, this will be one of them when they play next time in uh, uh, St. George. So I'll be able to chance to, to see them uh, in, a, in another uh, capacity there on the regional sports network. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. But how about the Charlton State Texans? How about them? How about them? They looked really good last night as they pick up a big time win at home against Abilene Christian. It was 79-71. And I know that you were watching that game closely. What did you see from it? Charlton State, uh, very impressive. Maybe the most impressive I've seen them all year, Kendra. Ja'Cory Smith, of course, we've talked about him a few times on the show. He had a at a 25-point outing. He had a play where he, he got fouled. It was it was almost a three-pointer. It was in the two-point range, but it banked in, got knocked down, and then hit the free throw. But uh, So a big game for him, 25 points in just 30 minutes of work. Lou Williams, Keandre Gaddy had a huge slam dunk in that one. If he wouldn't have had the one from Matt Heyman, Perhaps Keandre Gaddy's uh, dunk last night might have been the one we're talking about all day long. But Tarleton State uh, definitely in a rivalry game. Again, we just talked about Southern Utah, Utah Tech. They call this the I-20 rivalry between Abilene and Tarleton. And the Texans looked real good. They're now 11-6, and 4-2 and two in the whack. The Texans, and then again, they're, they're with that interim head coach, acting head coach, excuse me, in Joseph Jones. And they just continue to roll. I'm really excited to uh, see if, you know, they get a, a top spot, maybe potentially a bye in the tournament. Really uh, they were in position for that. Do. Yeah, Kendra, with our resume seating system that we haven't really talked about too much here on the show uh, recently. But, uh, of course, we started this uh, last year. And the, the eight teams, it, it goes by your conference record. That's how you get into the tournament. Once you're in, then you're seated by the resume seating system. That takes into account your entire season and uh, how how tough your non-conference was. And Ken Palm and uh, Brian Thornton and, and Drew Spira all, all involved in that process. And right now, Tarleton are, are going into last night was the number two team. I assume they didn't drop since they uh, beat Abilene, but uh, showing that they are consistent throughout the year. And yeah, that's that's the big part is you get a buy all the way until Friday if you're the number two seed this year. So that is, uh, is going to be big to see who... Uh, between two and three, you can make, a, of course, that argument, uh, Kendra, we saw this a few years ago where Seattle U was the number two seed, didn't play until Friday. They wind up hitting, uh, playing against a red-hot Abilene Christian team that had won a couple of games, and then ACU wins and goes to the championship. But uh, I, I'm sure everything uh, being said, the coaches would much rather have that bye all the way till Friday. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be mad about a buy, but it is it does present that challenge because we have seen that a few times where, you know, people come in, they have that buy and they just come out flat. Um, so it's definitely something you got to prepare for. But I think everyone, obviously, like you mentioned, wants that buy uh, going into the uh, tournament. So in but... our next segment or in our, our uh, final segment of the day, we're going to play your interview with KT Turner earlier this week. Again, keeping in mind that it was shot before their game last night against UTRGV. And uh, you asked him about Philip Russell, who had missed three games. Uh, Philip Russell uh, was a guy transferred from Southeast Missouri, outstanding player, but uh, was ineligible 
to play this year, according to the rules from the NCAA at the time, there was an injunction or there was a court ruling uh, that allowed players in his position to go ahead and play this year. So he was made eligible in uh, mid-December, proceeded to become the leading scorer for UTA in the five games he played, including a win over Air Force, but then was injured for three games. Uh, Coach Turner being a little coy uh, during the interview, when you asked him when he was coming back, he said, I might come back tonight. Uh, He came back and uh, was very impressed. He did not start the game, but uh, definitely made a big impact scoring 24 points as UT Arlington beats UTRGV 91-73. Yeah, that's right. Philip Russell has been very impressive in the few games that he has we've seen. And of course, him making an appearance, obviously, last night. Looking forward to you guys hearing that interview. Casey Turner breaks down a lot of things as he's the first time head coach for UT Arlington. He's really done a great job with putting that team together in a place where they can find success later on this season, which they've certainly had already. And so when we come back, when we come back, women's basketball, we'll recap last night's game. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner alongside Kendra Sheen. Actually, not alongside. She's on a Zoom. I'm on a Zoom. We're doing this on Fridays now for for the time being with our schedules with the Road to WAC Vegas show, which debuted on Thursday. Fantastic, as always, Kendra. And we talked some women's hoops. And one of the things we talked about, actually, it was you talking about, it wasn't me. Grand Canyon undefeated in WAC play despite having a couple of injuries, but like we saw on the men's side where Philip Russell returned to the UTA lineup, GCU getting a, a return from Trinity San Antonio. She contributes 14 points as GCU beats Utah Valley 78-68. She wasn't the only one that returned. Grad guard Sid Palma saw the court for the first time. Now, she only played three minutes, so she was just getting back there. But really good sign that she's able to get back on the floor, has clearance to play in games. Tiara Brown also returned from injury. She logged 13 points, scored five, or sorry, logged 13 minutes, scored five points. And uh, and then, yes, Trinity San Antonio. They really had to go without a lot of their starters for a couple games, still managed to get the win. So, yeah, I mean, this was this was a team that's had to go pretty pretty deep into their bench for the last couple of games without some of these starters and some of these impact players, and they still managed to get wins. This was a tough one. They were able to get it done seven straight for the Lopes. They're looking really, really good. Yeah, 7-0 and in WAC play. And we saw Sydney Erickstrup really step up in the absence of uh, Tierra Brown and Trinity San Antonio. Started the game last night, seven points, so wasn't getting the scoring punch that she was getting perhaps uh, before, but now probably a, a good problem to have if you're Molly Miller is – is you have a lot of players who can step in and score when needed. And also I'm uh, seeing that uh, Nadia Evans not in the lineup last night. Nadia Evans was not in the lineup last night, so not sure what uh, whether that was just an injury. But, yeah, so you lose a, you get a couple of players back, but you lose another one. Obviously never good to have injuries, but that is certainly what the season usually brings. But, yeah, Molly Miller has got to be happy with the fact that she can, you know, practices – have got to be extremely competitive, I'm imagining, at Grand Canyon with the number of high-caliber players they got. So Utah Valley playing well. I know they they would have preferred to have the dub, but they lose 78-68. to 68. 
and playing well as of late. Talia White, she had 23 points in the loss for Utah Valley, who really hung, you know, tight against GCU. They're one and six in the conference now, six and ten overall. So, based on their records, you thought it might have been more of a spread, but in terms of how they played on the court, uh, they they were hanging with GCU. Yeah, Utah Valley is one of those teams that were just another complete roster overhaul. They started the season pretty slow, weren't really sure what to expect. Could this be a sign they've kind of found some? They have some pieces. So can Dan Nielsen get that squad going and get them tournament ready? We'll have to see. But you know who is tournament ready at this point? Nobody really because nobody's clinched and we're not doing that. <laughs> who is? Um. It's a third tournament ready, but a big win, a big win. We'll talk about it because it was our Thursday night, big game of the week. It was Southern Utah at Utah Tech, the in-game state rivalry. Gotta love it. We talked to J.D. Gustin about the game and, you know, the, he has never had a win against Southern Utah. The program hasn't. This was an exciting night. Southern or Utah Tech able to get the job at 78-71 behind Macy Warren, who led all scores, 23 points. Of course, Brianna Gillen, preseason player of the year, added 20, and they get that win in Burns Arena. Yeah, we profiled the Warren twins on the road to WAC Vegas, and it's like they saw the episode and said, we better go play well tonight. 23 points for Macy, 17 for Maddie, as you mentioned, Brianna Gillen. Brianna Gillen getting 20 points in the victory as Utah Tech now three and three in the whack. They are nine and eight overall and in good position uh for a run to whack Vegas. Southern Utah, the defending tournament champion, falls to two and four in the whack. They are now four and eleven. So that was a very big game in terms of you know that now that uh, Southern Utah is two and four and that Utah Tech is three and three. You know, you want to be on the the at least five hundred uh, you don't want to fall too far below and hurt your chances of making the WAC tournament. Absolutely. You know, we, we talked with Tracy Mason a few weeks ago and her team is, is really completely different this year. And they just, they can't put everything together yet. And so she's hoping that they will be able to soon, but you just, you don't want to make it too far, too far gone, you know, with, with three teams not making the tournament this year. And last year it was just one. And so it's, it's a lot more competitive. It's going to be an awesome tournament. And uh, yeah, Utah tech, you know, you talk to JD Gustin, JD Gustin is a guy that doesn't like to be satisfied. And I don't say that in, you know, he's always pushing for more. I asked him, you know, he's like, what's going well. And he was like, you know, I'm really, Really not happy with a lot of things. I think here's how great we're playing, but this is how great we can be. He's always looking forward. He's a forward thinker. And uh, so, um, you know, he was saying that they were, he had so many younger classmen on the team that he's hoping by, you know, midway through this season, he kind of get them in a place where they can be able to play as, as he expects and they can make a run to the tournament. And so a lot of, a lot of moving pieces in play. And I know I just rambled on there for about two minutes. <laughs> anyway. Um... That that was so good though. Um, UTRGV. UTRGV up next. They get their first conference win of the no, actually their second conference win of the season. I take that back. Three and thirteen now overall. They are now two and five in the WAC. Uh, perhaps the upset of the night in terms of UTA going in with a seven game win, winning streak, playing really well. UTRGV trying to find their footing. The Vaqueros win sixty four sixty two. 
Yeah, how about Kate Hackerot, who led the the Vaqueros, her third double-double of the season, 15 points, 11 rebounds. Of course, Charlotte O'Keefe, the sophomore, 8 points, 12 rebounds as well. Total team effort from UTRGV and just really impressed by the the way. I mean, it is not easy to to go to you. Oh, just kidding. They were hosting. It was at UTRGV. So it was, you know, nice for them to be able to have that home environment, the rally, the valley, and then UTA coming in on such a hot streak. And and uh, to do that is pretty impressive. Yeah, and that's the thing about conference basketball, uh, especially this time of year. You're going to have these games where the, the teams know each other so well and, and they start uh, playing well. And even with that, uh, the week before UTRGV losing at Utah Valley, there were signs of of hope uh, for Lane Lord, and they come through and win this one for the Vaqueros. Coming up next, we have, or not coming up next, next game on the lineup here, Abilene Christian uh, beating Tarleton State 73-51 in Abilene. Again, rivalry game. Julie Goodenough's team has the ability to play really well at times. They uh, they are now 8-7, and 4-2 and two in the whack and kind of a, a sneaky team to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can never count out Julie Goodenough's team. Uh, you know, they've had success in whack Vegas other years. They haven't had so much success and, and their team is always just really exciting to watch play. And here it was their really fast start. They jumped out to 20 to 11 lead in the first quarter. Coach Goodenough mentioning that that's something that we emphasize in practice. And, you know, they had three, three threes in the first three minutes of play to go out to a 15 two lead. And so if you're Tarleton, then you're just playing on your heels. You're, you know, the whole time trying to, to make up that deficit. Maybe you're not getting into a rhythm. You're not feeling comfortable because you're down by so, such a high margin so early. So just credit to, to, Abilene Christian for getting this team going and, and, you know, looking to move into the upper part of the bracket as well. Bella Earl with 12 points, 12 rebounds, six assists. Uh, Meredith Mays, the freshman getting the start, nine points, nine rebounds also played well last week and uh, is, is getting more of an opportunity due to some, some injuries on the Wildcats team. So again, if they get some players back, you know, maybe they'll uh, be looking uh, to have this, problem as we called it with Molly Miller having so many options not a problem actually it's a it's a blessing to have all these different options when you're a coach so uh, hats off to Abilene Christian winning that one 73 to 51. About Stephen F. Austin Lady Jacks defeats Seattle U it was a big 82-66 win um, you know, Stephen F. Austin is another team that six and one in the whack right now. They're right there. They're a big contender and, and just went in and put a, together a big dominant performance over Seattle. You still kind of getting their footing one and six right now in the whack. And so also, you know, sometimes you see a team go in, you know, with such a high record and then they kind of, they don't bring the energy or intensity becomes such a close matchup. I think I credit the lady Jacks for bringing the intensity and playing hard. It was really close in the first quarter. Obviously it was tied up 15, 15, but to be able to, you know, come away in the end, despite a big Seattle surge comeback, you know, trying to put together more points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Big game for SFA. And then they will have Saturday off. Um, Seattle, you will travel to grand Canyon, tough assignment there. California Baptist, uh, did not play last night. They will host Southern Utah, Tarleton State against UTRGV, Abilene Christian now traveling to UTA, and then Utah Valley 
at Utah Tech. So Utah Tech getting an opportunity to host uh, both of their in-state rivals back-to-back. So plenty of action to look for. When we come back, we're going to have Kendra's conversation with KT Turner, uh, one of the top coaches so far in the WAC this year. And he talks about uh, what it's like to be a first-year head coach next on the WAC Podcast. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. I'm Kendra Sheehan, now joined by UT Arlington men's basketball head coach KT Turner. Coach, it's been an exciting week of conference play. You guys went 2-0 this week in the WAC. And just from, from your lens, how would you describe the way that this season, as your first year as helm of this program, has gone so far? Um, I would say a lot of ups and downs. Um, I'm learning a lot of patience. Um, but it, what makes it great is just just being around a, a great group of guys every day. Um, they've been fantastic to be around. They're, they're really coachable. So um, they make it fun to come to work every day. What's been one of the biggest surprises or something you've had to adjust to in this head coaching role of this team that maybe you didn't expect coming into the role? Um, I would say the biggest thing for me is patience, having patience. Because um, as an assistant, you have you have all these ideas of what you're going to do or how are you going to do it when you're a head coach. But um, it doesn't always work out as, as you plan it in your mind or your vision. So um, I've learned to have a lot of patience and um, just enjoy the process. When you came in at your initial press conference, when you were announced the head coach of the program, you said you want to win and you want to win right away. You already have eight wins on the season. What's been key for you to taking this group and turning it into a team that's capable of going out there and getting in the win column every night? I would say our culture, just doing things how we do them and, um, and playing together. Just um, getting the group to uh, be together and, and be team-oriented. And um, they're, they're really um, buying into that concept. So I think that's helped us out a lot. One of the other things that I remember from that presser is that you said that this team was going to play defense. UTA was going to play defense. You took on Utah Valley this past week, and you held the Wolverines to 31% from the floor. What do you like about the way that this team has bought into your defensive style? Um, well, we started off the season really guarding, and then we kind of got away from it. And um I mean, after the Stephen F. Austin game, um, they really gave it to us. So as soon as we got back to town um, that next day, we, we that's all we did was defense for about four days. And um, just it just it's, it's partly on me, but we, we just had to get better at it. But um, it's something that we preach every day, and, and it's the way we have to win games. Despite not having your leading score, you have multiple guys going off in double figures this past week. What do you like about the way that this team has been able to distribute the basketball and, and kind of share it to a bunch of playmakers on the floor? Uh, well, we talk about we, we want to share the ball. We talk about that all the time. And we have guys that just we have a, a, a we have we can go 12, 13 deep and any guy, anybody can step up at, at any given night. So um, that's what I love about this team. Um, like I say, we have a lot of guys that can step up. What went into building this culture that has helped you guys kind of have that winning mentality and go three and three so far in the whack and give yourself a chance to compete and play in the postseason? Uh, we try to build relationships. Our staff, um, we do a lot with the team. Um, we talk to them a lot outside of the court. Um, so so I, I really believe that that helps um, team chemistry, um, building relationships and things like that. So um, we do a lot of those type of things. 
One of the things that I've, I've noticed about your record, you're 7-1 and one at home, but you're 0-8 on the road this season. So after this, you head back on the road. What's going to be key to, to translating those, those home victories into getting some wins on the road this season? Um, we, we talk about, we keep getting to test the road games and, and, you know, we have to, we're going to keep getting this test until we pass it. So, um, and we have to pass it again and again. So, uh, we just have to, we have to defend, um, that's the main thing is you can't go on the road and, and give up a lot of points. So, uh, we got to do a great job of defending the basketball and, and keeping those guys out of the paint. Shamar Wilson, one of those returners from last year, averaging 12.8 points per game. How has he elevated his game from the previous year? I know you weren't coaching him last year, but he seems to have taken a big step up this year in his game. Um, he's a worker. I mean, he works his tail off. Um, he he had a hurt hip um, at the end of the season last year, and this summer, I mean, he got got in there with our strength coach and just worked and worked and worked, and he does a lot of work on his individual game, and and he's he's doing good. I'm really happy for him and happy for how he's playing. Um, he's a big part of what we do. Um, but he and he's a great leader for our team. You have a freshman, Makai Williams, who's now reached double figures in four of the last five games he's played. What's impressed you most about the way he's been able to come in this freshman year and immediately have an impact on this team? Uh, one, Makai is just a, a very high-character kid, and, and he is very, very coachable. Um, he does whatever we ask him to do. Um, he wants to win. So I would say it's a testament to him, just his character and how he goes about things. But um, he's playing some good basketball for us right now, and um, hopefully he continues to do that. You had mentioned that defense was a focus, and you guys got to get better on the defensive end. What do you like about the way that this offense has been clicking together over the last couple games? Um, the way we share the ball. Um, we share the ball. and I mean, they love playing that way. It's fun to them. Uh, but that's the biggest thing is, is sharing the ball and taking taking good shots. Where do you want to see the biggest improvements in this team between now and March to put yourselves in a, in a top position? Um, I would say rebounding. We got to get better rebounding basketball. Um, like, again, we were, we were really good at it at the, at the beginning of the season, and uh, we got to get back to it. Uh, we've, we've slipped a little bit in that area. Lastly, kind of, this is, you know, your first year at the helm of this program. And so you always want to take a step back and enjoy the moment. And so over this course of this first year, what's been kind of some of your favorite moments that have highlighted in your brain of like, this, this was awesome. This is why I do this. And something every special win. that maybe we don't know. <laughs> I would say every single win we've had is a highlight because <laughs> the losses are um, hard to sleep. I'll tell you that much, but, uh, I would say all our wins, I'm, I'm, every single win, I don't care who it's against, um, can't, they're hard to get, so I'm happy. Awesome. Well, Coach, we wish you the best of luck as you take on UTRGV this Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN+. Plus. As KT Turner, head men's basketball coach at UT Arlington. Thanks so much for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at waxsports.com.